the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome to this week's 442 Insider podcast. I'm publisher Andy Jackson and joining me as ever is editor Trevor Trahan. Hello. Last podcast for 2010. Yes. Yeah. It is. Got a Christmas party tomorrow and I intend to be hung over until January the 10th when I think we're back or I'm back on the 10th. I don't know when you're back. But anyway, let's get on to football. A-League, round 18, I think it was, kicked off Friday night. Adelaide... 2-0, regulation win, early goal from Flores, uh, backed up with a goal on 16 minutes from Van Dijk from a header, and then Adelaide really just went to cruise mode, didn't they? Didn't really need to do much more to win the game. No, I thought they were going to go on and smash them, to be honest. I think if you're a Fury fan, 16 minutes in, two down, you would have taken 2-0, wouldn't you? Um, I think they were missing their cheerleader a bit, weren't they? Um, Strachan was uh, ill. At home, he was yeah, yeah watching at home with flu apparently. Yeah, so he he couldn't cheerlead. Did he wore the jacket? Oh, I hope so. Did he sat at home like just, yeah, be like, I just had to put it on for like you know good luck. Yeah, just hoping that it it's was not there. like it's a lucky jacket though, is it? The bomb. No, but it's his signature, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, we were saying weren't we last week that um, that is about as, as sure as a result should get, and that's the way it looked from start to finish, really. Yeah, and Adelaide. Um, still in second, uh, seven points now between them and, uh, and Brisbane, but they have got two games in hand. Um, still contenders, still in there? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that they've got a great home crowd, um, and that's going to be quite important for them. And you just feel that, you know, assuming that they take on Brisbane for, you know, the preliminary final and who goes through to the grand final if they can win that and get themselves a home grand final um, you know they're a real chance I don't think they're as as far behind Brisbane as perhaps those points suggest they're just not as consistent as Brisbane have been Okay. Um, second Melbourne derby was on Saturday night and uh, victory had got their revenge for the first one yep. uh, good crowd again 20, just over 23,000 um, two goals from Robbie Cruz uh, a reply from Melbourne from Melbourne Hart from Gerald Seabon from a free kick um, then Adrian Layer sort of wrapped things up on 54 minutes so I think the time was a debate whether it was an own goal or not but, um, but they seem to have given it to Adrian Layer, which is fair enough um, good win for victory uh, you sort of sense that that was a bit of a season defining win for them because if they'd have lost that they would have um, sort of lost pace a little bit but you'd probably say that's put them Back in contention, certainly you know solidified their finals aspirations and probably given them a, a bit of encouragement they can push on maybe and get into the top four. Well, I think the top four are sound. It's just and an Melbourne are, are the best chance out of those other teams that are going to creep into the finals that might go on and win it or certainly have a big say on, on who's going to win it. You fancy them to get back at half to losing the first one and um, Robbie Cruz that middle-of-the-road winger that they got from Brisbane and has been turned into a free-scoring striker. shot. Yeah. He's now leading the uh, goal-scoring tally on 10. Is he? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Ten, t- 10 in 19 games. I mean, that's great Not stuff. better than a goal every other game, which is the, the general yardstick that football experts put on Ian, strikers. Ian Rush used to say, wasn't it, a goal every other goal game? Goal every other game. Um, and I think Merrick needs to take a little bit of credit there, doesn't he? Because he, he obviously saw that he had the potential as a striker and he's... He turned him into him. So, yeah, Hernandez, Cruz and Thompson up front. They look dangerous, don't they? Yeah. Uh, Gold Coast, uh, two-nil winners over uh, Wellington Phoenix. Again, Phoenix 
not really troubling the scorers on their uh, on their away travels. Um, <laughs> they don't really trouble anyone or anything, <laughs> do they? They just sort of turn up. Poor crowd again. They're seventeen hundred, but we'll talk about um, the uh, the crowd, the expected crowd for this weekend later. But um, but you know, which has shown that there is some interest there. Uh, Gold Coast so again, steadily sort of going about the business without really. You know, stamping their authority on games, but they're you know they're, they're creeping along. We'll talk about last night in a, in a moment. Mm. They, they look solid without being spectacular. I think it's probably you know fair enough. But you know they're still up there and they're in with a good shout. Uh, um, Sydney, Sydney, yes, yeah. went down one nil to Brisbane Roar. Costa Barbarossa's goal on 41 minutes, for which it's not been a good week for Ivan Nachevsky. Um <laughs> I'm not sure where, where he was covering for the goal. He was virtually over the goal line and uh, Barbarous has just picked his spot in the far corner and buried it. Mm. But again, you know, I, I think this was quite an important win for Brisbane because what it showed was that they are capable of sort of going away and, and not playing to the standards or the, or the high standards that they've probably set themselves but still coming away with an away win. Yeah, I mean, they hammered them in the first half, didn't they? I think yeah. 68% possession after the first half for an away team at the Champions, albeit a struggling Champions. I mean, that's ridiculous. And to come in 1-0, that goal was what they deserved and they could have been a lot more. But their first ever win um, at Sydney. Yeah. And, you, you know, when teams start breaking records and hoodoos like that, you know, that's when you really know that they're sort of breaking the mould and what they were like before. But yeah, like an important win. And Sydney just don't look like scoring. I mean, Brosk, um, you know, obviously wasn't fully fit. Um, and they could only use him for a half. And yeah, that, 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 they really miss him, don't they? Yeah. Okay, the weekend rounded off in, uh, in out west in Perth with um, early goal from Josh Mitchell after four minutes was cancelled out by a, a late... Patrick's Fansfly goal. Uh, he's come up with, chimed in with a few late goals this season, mm-hmm. um, which rescued a point for the Mariners. What, what did you make of this game, sir? Um, yeah, Perth look a lot better for that one. Uh, you know, um, Arnie came out and said as much after that they were lucky to kind of escape from a point there. Um, it's not going to be enough to save Perth's season. They're still, you know, not going to make the finals, but I think there was a little bit more encouragement there for them. Yeah, and if you know, you say like a few, you know, a few lesser-known names in the Perth Glory starting lineup. You know, like Stephen McGarry, Howard Fondyke, Josh Risden, yeah, right. Tommy Amflick coming on as a substitute. You know, so so they started to blood a few a few players that we're probably not as familiar with. Uh, they were missing some players, I think, through injury and suspension, so they got their opportunity. You may as well though. Well, yeah. <laughs> when you're playing yeah. that badly. Okay, and like I said, you know, good point for the Mariners that keeps them. Uh, Right in contention, and we, we're going to spend a bit of time in, in part three looking at the uh, the race for the title and the top four in a bit more depth. So we'll uh, we'll hold fire on that for now. There were two games last night. Yep. Uh, Newcastle Jets, uh, very good win uh, at home to the Gold Coast. Uh, they had they left it a little bit late. Ali Abbas uh, opened the scoring on 77 minutes, and then Sasha Petrovsky wrapped it up with, in the 82nd minute. Good crowd there, just over 8,000 for a midweek game, which is excellent. Um, and Abbas, I mean, you'd probably say it would have been more without the heroics of Glenn Moss in goal. And there's one save from Abbas where he, he tipped it onto the bar and, he, and it, it looked like it had gone over, but it didn't. It definitely wasn't over the line. But, um, but yeah, that's a strong win for the Jets. You know, and they're, they're back up to fifth now. So um, doing exa- pretty much exactly what they did last year. Yeah, just I mean, strong finishes. Sort of, you know, set just into the, uh, you know, around the halfway point of the season, they sort of have this go on this run. Uh, red card for Lubo. 
Well, you could probably argue the first one was a was a bit of a soft yellow card, but there was certainly the second yellow card. If if you're on a yellow, you don't make a challenge like that. I mean, no, exactly. Particularly in the context of when it was, they'd just gone up, and then he he basically completely stepped across uh, Joel Porter and uh, stopped him running through. Mm. Taking one for the team, you'd probably say there. Yeah, it? I think generally Newcastle's aggression was pretty good. They really got in Gold Coast's face at times. There was a few times when they you know, going face-to-face with their players, and I, I think that's a, that's a good trait, especially when you're, uh, when you're playing at home. But yeah, it makes a difference when you know you're going to get paid as well, the Newcastle Jets players seem to True. be. Isn't they? And you know, the, the thing they've still got, obviously, they've still got Michael Bridges to come back. You know, and I'm, Him I'm and not sure on the, I'm not sure on the latest on his injury. Um, it's been a while now, but you would think that if he could come back in for maybe the last seven or eight games of the regular season and, and stay fit for the finals, you'd, mm. you'd fancy the... Um, the Jets to cause an upset if they can stay in that final spot. Yeah, it's difficult to win it from fifth, fifth or sixth, which is as high as you feel they might better get. But yeah, you, you know you can't rule them out, especially if they're going to be on form. Okay, uh, the late game last night, which I have to say I was struggling to stay awake uh, for. Yeah. That's but, not because it was late either. Well, yeah, I did. Uh, I did manage to just about see through through nodding eyes. Uh, Nicheski's howler, um, what should have been a regulation save from a, from a pretty tame free kick from Talley. He somehow managed to bundle into his own net. Um, mm. It's a very poor man's Cristiano Ronaldo free kick, wasn't it? Yeah, and that sort of summed up what was a pretty poor game, you've got to say. It was shocking. It wasn't, you know, Franz Stracker getting the crowd going was probably the most entertaining part up until the blunder. It was certainly the most dynamic moment in the game, I thought. Yeah. It was quite funny when he ran on the pitch and celebrated with the players and the fourth official had to sort of drag him off. You see the fourth official was laughing as if yeah. to say, you know, he's just a lovable nutter, isn't he? Yeah. And also, I think even the fourth official was glad for a little bit of action. Anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's a quick look at the league table. Brisbane Raw still top, played 21, 44 points. Adelaide played 19, 37 points. Gold Coast played 19, 33 points. And the Mariners played 18, 30 points. And then there's a gap of five points to the Jets and a gap of seven points to Melbourne Victory. Uh, at the bottom, Perth are bottom with 17 points from 20 games. Sydney FC... 10th uh, with 18 points from 20 games and Phoenix Hart and Fury make up 7th, 8th and 9th. Uh, as we said, Robbie Cruz leads the goal scoring charts on 10. Uh, Giancarlo Solazano, Soloranzo, it says here, I think it's Solazano, that's a typo on the FFA's release. And Sergio van Dijk are uh, on 8. So that was, that was round 18 um, and a little bit around 19 maybe, I'm not sure. But anyway, we've still got this situation where there are three games between some of the teams, which is making for, a, you know, the table doesn't always tell the full story. And certainly if you look at the Mariners, have got three games in hand on Brisbane Raw, um, which could put them right back in amongst it for, for a potentially a place in the top two. So that was it. That's all yep. part for part one. We will be back in part two to have a look at some of the main news headlines that have been making the stories on our website, au.442.com. So stick with us. The January edition of 442 is now available. Here's Andy and Trev with a look at what's inside. Trev, yeah. we have the complete guide to the Asian Cup. Every team profiled, everything you need to know about Australia's quest for glory. Real chance of winning silverware. Expert predictions, that's not us, is it? Expert? <laughs> no, no, I've got some, I've got some great freelancers. Fantastic. Pele at 70, the world's best player. 
couldn't get any more in depth. Two hours we had with him. No, he talks us through every moment of these incredible careers. So even if you are a Pele nut, there's everything in here for you. If you've often wanted to know more about him, you know you know he's the greatest player ever, but you don't know every detail of his career, then get it as well. If that's not enough, Craig Moore answers all of your questions that we put to him. We've got the new performance section, guaranteed to make you a better player. A trip around the world in Planet Football. Profile of the world's worst football team. And it's on sale now, all good news agents. Or, as of now, on sale on iTunes for the iPad. So the new issue of 442, if it's in the game, we've got it covered. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to part two of this week's 442 Insider podcast. We're going to look at some of the news that's been making headlines on our website, au.442.com. Probably the biggest news of the week was um, the Socceroos extended 50-man squad uh, was announced, not, not by the... FFA, it was released on the AFC site. They were trying which, to keep it quiet, weren't they? The yeah, which we, sort of, we, we picked up on and, and was soon uh, picked up and spread on Twitter. Yep. There you go. It's another benefit of Twitter. Um, but anyway, it's more a case of who's not in it than who is in it. I thought we might have had a shot at one point, but reading the list, I was a little disappointed to find that we weren't in it. Um, probably the, the biggest story out of this was, uh, was the inclusion of Ersan Gulen. Yeah. Uh, where there's been, you know, obviously we, we've covered the, uh, the issues with him playing or not playing for the Socceroos or playing for Turkey. Now, he was called into the Turkey squad but didn't play, so he's still eligible. So I guess, it, it, is it a smart move by, uh, by Holger to almost sort of say, there you go, mate? Make your call. He's obviously got back on the phone to him, hasn't he? Because when he didn't get picked for the Egypt game, we had a release pretty much the next day saying, you know, we haven't had contact from Australia and now he's going to play for Turkey. Um, you know, Hiddink was circling around him, the current Turkish coach, and that's always a pretty good endorsement. Um, I love all the people on the forums demanding that he plays, makes the Asian Cup squad. No one's seen him play. Like he's, got, he's obviously doing something right over in Turkey. Um, yeah, I, I think Holgers will probably be slightly better than Pim. Oh, that diplomatic stuff about you know speaking to players and, and staying in touch and stuff. So he's obviously got back on the phone and, and, and got him, you know, back into that squad. If he'll make twenty three, twenty three they'll, they'll take. Um, yeah. Is another point, but you'd have to feel if he's going to name. It'd be one of those players. If you're going to name him in the fifty, he's probably going to make the twenty-three, isn't he? Because it's going to affect you know the rest of his career if he gets um, his first cap or not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not actually sure whether this does this fifty-man squad actually get together and train as a fifty-man squad, or is this just a, a preliminary? These are the people that we're considering. I think it's a preliminary it's thing. Sort of I think it's expe- been an expensive get-together, wouldn't yeah, it? I couldn't afford that. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, the other, I mean, the other headline news that came out of it was some of the middle names. <laughs> so strange. Obviously, this is how known? the AFC. Who would have known? There were some that were, were in order, some that were in a bit of a weird order, but some of the middle names, let's just pick a few. Michael Seraphim Theoklatos. Yep. Jade um, Bronson North. Luke Ramon Devere. <laughs> um, Michael. Errol Thwaite was my <laughs> personal favourite. Uh, what else did we have? Cahill had a good one, didn't he? Timothy Filliger Cahill. That no, must be a, a Samoan granddad yeah. or something, I think. Um, who's the other? There was another. Who would have known that Millet is not Millet? It's Michael John Jelinek. He's trying to make himself sound posher, isn't he? Exactly. Or, or more exactly. international. Exactly. There's a few good ones there. Harry Kuehl. No middle name. Jason Kalina. Richard Garcia. See, they're proper, there we go. proper Aussie proper, stars, aren't they? Proper. Don't need no middle name. 
But anyway, yeah. I mean, I guess some other talking points, Trevor, uh, the Griffiths brothers, Ryan and Joel, were both included, and neither really featured under the um, beak. Um, Tommy Orr was in there, Adam Sarotta was in there, Brent McGrath was in there, who's currently with Bromby, Chris Hurd, who's uh, been featuring for the Villa, getting a few uh, sort of late-on substitute appearances for the Villa coming on. Villa are all about the Aussies, aren't they? Well, yeah, although, surprisingly, Shane Lowry yeah. missed out. Now, that's a, that's a bizarre one, because you think on an extended squad, he's made the squad a couple of times. He's made other squads, hasn't he, yeah. I don't but, know if he's uh, injured or whatever, but I mean, I, I suppose this talking point went away about what players were going to sort of return for it and stuff, because it you know, became clear that everyone would have to go back, but still, it was a little bit reassuring to actually see the squad and that they've, you know, all the big names are in there and, uh, you know, we're a real chance, aren't we now? Yeah, and, you know, we talked about him in the first part and uh, recognition, worthy recognition for Robbie Cruz, getting a call up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you think you'll, do you think you'll make it? Robbie Thomas Cruz. Um, I, th- I think he'll be close. Looking at the other strikers... Um, I think he might just miss out. Yeah, he, he'll run it close, but you'd, you'd think, you know, perhaps uh, Rukovica, McDonald, Kennedy, um, yeah, they're all more likely to to take the striker positions than he is. But yeah, I mean, still pretty good progression for him. Yeah, well, you'd probably say if he, if he has a second half of the season the way he's had the first, he'll certainly put a case for. Yeah, and he might need a couple of injuries. Again? The old. Yeah. Step to the side, create a room, curl it with his right foot in the far corner. Maybe he's so good. Pe- <laughs> Maybe he's so good that people know this, they just can't stop him. Uh, staying with the Socceroos, um, they slipped to 26th spot in the FIFA rankings on the eve of the uh, Asian Cup <laughs> following the 3 0 loss to Egypt. Uh, that just placed them now three places ahead of Japan, who moved up one slot to 29th. Um, at the top end of town, Spain and Holland remaining first and second. Germany swapped places with Brazil into third. Um, so that would be um, that'd be rare when Brazil have been fourth yeah. in the FIFA rankings. That's a long time. And, I mean, ridiculously, England are still in the top ten. Well, they had their worst World Cup oh, ever, didn't they? They're I'm still, not sure well, sixth, England, out, so anyway. I don't know how they um, were. USA have moved up six points to 18th, but New Zealand, unfortunately, slipped four places to 63rd. God You're on. only as good as your last World Cup. Exactly. Didn't even um, win a game. The Kaiser, Franz Beckenbauer, has uh, come out and said that he's uh, got limited faith in FIFA for the way it uh, humiliated Australia and England. Uh, he's on his way out of the executive committee anyway and I think he made that clear before the vote so it's not like he's leaving because of it he was going anyway but I guess as well it's just another very public uh, very Mm. high profile figure that is um, you know casting dispersions or uh, showing a a lack of faith in in the whole process and uh, what he was talking about really was the fact that um, the voting was released and he voted he wasn't I don't think he was saying that he was upset about the result. He was saying that um, no. he was disappointed in the way it was uh, it was handled. Well, that's the confusion. People are saying that it's you know you read sort of the headline in the first and you think he's saying it's disgrace as in Australia and England should have got more votes. What he's actually annoyed about is the thing that people are campaigning for. They want more transparency. Not only you want to see who you vote yeah, for, you see who who did it. He wants even less. So you know people are jumping on the floor and supporting. Going, oh, this guy loves us. He, you know he probably did vote for us because. Um, you know, one of his mates was one of our consultants, and that was kind of accepted that we were going to have his vault. Well, and also there was sort of about the deal being done as far back as the um, Women's World Cup. Right. Australia stepped away from hosting the 2007 World Cup that was in Germany, um, and in return they would uh, support the bid. 2007 Women's World Cup wasn't that in China? 
and then the one next year's in Germany, isn't that's it? That's what I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. The one that's coming up, the yeah. one that they're, they're about to host. Right. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, all right, closer to home, A-League news. Uh, Sydney Rovers, no real surprise there. Gone. Finally was put out of its misery. Yeah. Or can anything that's never actually lived be a mis- <laughs> in misery? No. Don't it can. They've done a nice badge and stuff though, didn't they? You'd have to say that Sydney Rovers is you know, on top of the... The, the issues that we're having with North Queensland and the Gold Coast isn't really uh, any sort of gold star for the FFA on the expansion. No, exactly. They are dedicated to a team there, so I do think it's um, going to happen. The problem that they've got is that when there was um, different people bidding, including Lucas Neal, um, they went for a bid that um, Archie Fraser's come out and, and said since that was one of the most poorly backed bids and the problem they've got with going back to those guys is first of all some of them might go well you know forget it like yeah. we, we were there before you know I understand Lucas wasn't even told that he hadn't got the, the bid the first he heard about it was was from us <laughs> that it had gone to someone else so they might be thinking that and also when the bids were coming up before the A-League looked in a healthier position yeah. this further down the line it's a worse investment so you might go well no I've learnt more about the A-League now I'm not interested so it's it's a massive mess up on the FFA well team. as I understand it, Chris Tanner who's uh, quite vocal on Twitter is saying that you know they're trying to they're, they're now in sort of talks with the FFA again which was the third bid with um, and are trying to reinvigorate that yeah. know, and then going back to the partners that they had to say look you know can we get this together um, certainly it would be a shame if there, there, was, there was an extended period without a team there um, but again you know I, I think we've got issues with uh, teams that are in existence before we need to then worry about new teams and, uh, and particularly Sydney <laughs> Sydney, well, Sydney, yeah, Sydney one, one of the main Queensland Gold Coast uh, on Gold Coast uh, Clive Palmer's playing Santa Claus and has basically thrown open the gates uh, this weekend. Um, and they're now expecting a crowd of around 20,000, if not more. Mm. Um, he's offered free tickets for all. Um, hopefully, I'm sure he has. Uh, people have had to register to get them, so they're building a you know, smart move. You know, they're only getting 1,600 anyway. Why not build a database of 20,000 people that have shown an interest in your club? Um, so what do we? What do you think, Trev? I think they'll get closer to ten than twenty. Really? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think so. Um, the reason that I say that, well, first of all, I do think it's a great idea, and that they're talking a lot about doing research. Can't get any cheaper. <laughs> they're doing a lot. Ta- hold it out for a last minute. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> they're talking about um, doing a lot of research of the people that go and yeah. asking them, you know. Um, you know, why haven't you gone before? And they'll probably turn around and go, well, because it's, it's free this week. <laughs> but um, I've, just because I've been reading a few things on the forum about, because they're pre-selling a lot of tickets, people are just going to Ticket Tech and going, yeah, maybe I will do that. But the weather forecast is terrible. Right. So I think you'll get a lot of people just going, yeah, okay, well, I'll, I'll book a load of tickets. Yeah. And then if I feel like going on the day, then I will. Weather's going to be bad. People on the Gold Coast are used to good weather. So I think the actual attendance will be a lot lower. I mean, I saw one thing on our forum, a guy saying on another Facebook page that some, one lad had got 30 tickets for himself because you could just keep ordering them, can't you? Because they're, they're free. Right. You just do a different... And you can get five... One person can get five tickets. So I reckon that they've shifted loads thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to get this great crowd. But I reckon the actual turnaround in Paul Webb will be closer to 10,000. But still a good idea. Yeah. All right, well, it needed something. needed something to yeah. breathe a bit of life into it. And also for the players. I mean, it would just be nice for the players to run out and... In front of a decent crowd. What, what would be a decent crowd? Is 10,000, considering it's free, enough to sort of demonstrate that they deserve a club? You'd have to feel like closer to 20 is what they need. 
Yeah, I, I think that I think the key to, to the success of this, or the judge of the success of this, will be what happens in the following weeks. You know, mm. it's like okay, let's make it free, let's give it away, let's let people come and sample it, sample the atmosphere. Because they're a good um, side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's something wrong with watching them. Um, and you've got to say that. They're, they're, they'd do well not to qualify for the finals now mm. and almost certainly in a top four place so you would think that they're, they're going to get a home final along the way and you'd like to think that you know they could get 10,000 paying customers for, yeah you know. I'd love a home grand final that'd be a nice trip wouldn't it for Gold Coast <laughs> well, I mean there's nothing to do up there <laughs> it's dead yeah. isn't it um, one news player that's leaving our shores uh, is Brisbane Raw striker Ronaldo um, who has played 92 games for the Raw, but has basically decided to uh, head over to Qatar, to the QSL, uh, to Al Ahli. Um, was that who? I'm trying to think. Of, no, no I, I can't, can't remember. In the World Cup, but um, but anyway, he, he's been very open about it, you know. And this, you know, fair play to him. He said, look, you know, this is basically my opportunity to secure my future for uh, for my family um, you know and he thanked the club for their treatment he spent five years there um, you know and uh, again said that it was credit to the club that they released him uh, to take up this deal um, so yeah right. I, you, you can't really argue with this he's, he's been a good servant um, you know he, he's, he's actually a naturalised Aussie now isn't he yeah yeah well he'll come back won't he I wonder <laughs> if Qatar know that because they'll probably send him back we've <laughs> got an eye on him for uh, for uh, the World Cup. Yeah, look, you, you can't blame him, can you, for it going was, over there for a payday? It was quite funny, did you see, <clears> on <throat> the forums where people were talking about it, and they were saying that, um, yeah, oh, this, is the, this is the start of it, Qatar are going to naturalise all these players, and then someone pointed out that Reynaldo's going to be about like 50 when the 2022 <laughs> World Cup, so it's probably not going to be him. And also, the, the Brisbane fans have got a bit of a love-hate relationship with him, they've been quick to slate him in yeah, the past, and now he's leaving, and, and he's getting a re- reasonable patch of form, oh, well, I'll miss him. They love him. Uh, the, other, the other story that, that was making news and was obviously put into focus last night with, with Fury being at home was the FFA's sort of new ultimatum uh, to Fury that they need uh, to show 1.5 million by the middle of January. Um, you know, not pledged, have it yeah, in cash. in the bank. Uh, for which then the FFA will match the 1.5 million needed to get the 3 million running cost. I mean, mm. given Christmas and New Year is right in the middle of, of that sort of, you know, three or four weeks they've been given. I mean, do we think that that's fair? I mean, do we think that the FFA should be doing more? Um, I mean, how big a amount of money is that in terms of, you know, I mean, it's still only half of what they need to generate. You think the FFA have been reasonably fair saying you only need 50% of what you actually need and we'll meet you halfway. Um, if they can do it in that time frame, I have no idea how close they are to securing a... But, but then I guess if you're, if you're running the Fury and you look at you know, the patience that the FFA have had with, with when they were you know, supporting Adelaide, mm. um, do you not think that... And, and you know, that's turned out OK. You know, well, we, we touched wood so far, it has. You know, Adelaide have just, uh, again, picked up a new shirt front sponsor, yep. which is Coopers, which will definitely be the best-looking shirt in the A-League. Yep. Um, certainly better than Jim's Plumbing. <laughs> oh, Jim's Plumbing. But, you know, do, do the Fury deserve the patience that the FFA have shown with other clubs like Adelaide? Yeah, perhaps. I mean, they've had a, a reasonable period of grace, though, haven't they, already? I, I just think that we know the FFA wants to cut down on the number of games to save a bit of money. Um, and it's a bit of a thing that's doing the rounds about now we haven't got the World Cup, they're not going to support them and stuff. But you'd have to feel, with the Rovers not coming in, 
dropping down to a, a ten-team league next season would probably appeal to the FFA a little bit because they'd get that cost cutting without having to, you know, go out of their way to to cut down the amount of games themselves. So I I do think they're in real danger. The Fury, unless they can get that money together, I think they they okay. will go next month. Well, it would certainly be a shame because uh, you know they might not have. Uh troubled at the top end of the table in their two seasons but there's certainly a lot of people that feel very passionately about their football there and they, they like, they're likeable aren't they I'd, I'd like to see and them. you sort of get the feeling that Townsville and the Gold Coast you get one shot at this that you know if this club fails it would be very difficult to go back there because yeah. you know it's not the sort of place that is going to be growing at a rate where you can go back there in two or three years with a whole different clientele I think if you burn them once you're going to struggle to go back there so um it really is sort of do or die for uh, for Fury over the next few weeks, but personally, I, I hope they manage to come through with it. Uh, that's all for part two. Um, we'll be back section three, where we are going to look at the race for the title. We're going to look at the race for the title of the A League, and we're going to look at the Premier League because the Premier League is also shaping up to be. Uh, the closest one for the title in years. So we're going to look at both after this break. Visit Football Emporium on www.footballemporium.biz to see the largest selection of football merchandise and memorabilia in Australia. A real football shopping experience. Or why not pop in and visit them directly at 139 Victoria Road, Dremoyne. Or simply call them on 1300 Goals to find out what's new in the football world. Back to 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider Podcast. Uh, we're now going to spend uh, part three looking at two races for the respective titles, both in the A-League and the Premier League. Uh, both are shaping up to be uh, very, very, very hard-fought uh, battles to the end of the season to see who takes away the honours. Let's look at the A-League first, Trev. Yes. Um, currently, the, the top four has been pretty set for a while. Uh, yeah, Brisbane, Adelaide, Gold Coast and Mariners. There's now, as we stand today, there's, there's five points difference between fourth and fifth. Um, do we see that top four being the top four at the end of the season? Do you see anyone else breaking in? I mean, at the moment, the Jets are five points off and Melbourne Victory is seven points off. No. Do, we think, do we see them closing that gap? Uh, not enough knows. I think the Mariners will go up a little bit. I think they'll fi- they'll finish third and the Gold Coast will be fourth and the top two will be, as you are, Brisbane top than Adelaide. Um you know the, the Jets and the victory following up are, are the most likely looking at the teams out of the finals you'd have to feel that they're probably going to remain there um, but I think if you end up with those six that's a pretty good final series isn't it that would as it is yeah yeah, yeah. I think that uh, that's the fair you know they've been the six best teams which doesn't always happen um, yeah that, that's I mean, Brisbane have set the Set the pace really from you know you probably say from after three or four games. Yeah. Uh, they've only been beaten once in 21 games. Um, is it theirs for the losing? You'd have to feel so. Leadership. I mean, when you run away of it that much, um, I think the last team to really do that was probably Victory a few years ago, wasn't it? And they went on to to smash Adelaide in the final. I think I'm right in saying. Um, and you'd have to really favour. Brisbane to do that. One thing I do think about these these top two, Brisbane and Adelaide, that if you know, saying if Adelaide could find a way of having a home grand final, you know, when they take on Brisbane first up in the two legs, um, I think they're a, a really, really you know strong chance to take it out from there because I just think that that kind of smaller crowd and you know the 
the fans on top of the players sort of thing would, would make them very tough to turn over in a grand final yeah well, let's, let's look at three, third and fourth Gold Coast uh, had a bit of a blip last night at the Jets but have been sort of going steadily about their business you'd probably say Kalina was a big miss for them uh, last night um, can mm. they, are they really looking at third place I think so I think it's, it's probably between the Mariners and the Gold Coast um, who's going to get that and there's not going to be a lot in it I don't reckon but um, yeah like I said I think the Mariners will will do enough based on their sort of really strong home form to, to finish third and Gold Coast fourth Alright let's look at the Mariners um, in fourth at the moment but as we said they've got three games in hand on Brisbane and a game in hand on Adelaide so uh, a win would put them uh, you know, just four points behind Adelaide. Um, Graham Arnold's first season, have you been impressed? Well, after, yeah. Half-term report time for Arnie? I, th- I think I may have made some sort of broad comment about them being bottom or out of the finals or something on the podcast. Yeah, I think so. I know I, I didn't expect them to do that well. And, um, I, you know, they've smashed a couple of teams as well, haven't they? You know, they've got a big victory over Sydney and um, a big victory over Perth as well, was it? I didn't expect that. Yeah. I, I thought they'd got, you know, they started sort of grinding out a lot of one nils and just about doing enough. And I thought that's how it was going to end up being. But no, they've really, you know, proved, proved me wrong. I think to his credit as well, I think what, what, Graham Arnold has done well. He's, I think he's recruited very well, but but he's recruited well to complement what was there already. And mm. they haven't lost what they had under McKinnon, which was they're difficult to beat. You know, they're, they're physically strong. They're an awkward side to but play, aren't they? They're a bit. They're a bit more than that now. You know, with players like McGlinchey, Perez when he's fit, it's a shame we haven't seen more of him. Uh, Basanich, I've been very impressed with. Um, you know, and Svansvai was, was was a great pickup. Uh, and you couple that with you know, Matt Simon, um, you know, up front, who's always going to put himself about. And I think they've got they've got a little bit more to their bow than they probably have had in previous seasons. Mm. Um, Jets and Melbourne, fifth and sixth. I mean, you'd probably say that Melbourne are the the dark horses for this and that they're the, they're the guys that have got the experience, they're Archie's back fit. And if you're going to finish outside the top four, you've got to be able to then go away and win two games away on the bounce, probably. Yeah. Um, and you'd probably say that Melbourne are, are the, the team that is capable of that. More, more than anyone, you know, regardless of how this ladder's set up right now, they would be the best chance to win it from sixth. Yeah. Um, which is looking like they're going to be fifth or sixth. So I, I would be genuinely concerned being one of the other finals teams having to sort of host victory in a final series. Well, especially Adelaide. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. would not be wanted to get that. <laughs> uh, all right, let's... On the line, who's going to win the... Uh, it's not the minor premiership, is it? It's the, it is the premiership. It's the premiers and the champions. So right, OK. Who, who's going to be premiers? Uh, Brisbane. Brisbane. And who's going to be champions? Adelaide. Controversial. I know. I don't know. I've just got a feeling that Adelaide are going to do enough to, to thrive with Brisbane. So who's going to be grand final then if Adelaide are going to win it? I think that will that will still be the grand final. Um, yeah, Brisbane Adelaide. Um, but I've got a feeling it it might be in Adelaide. Adelaide might do enough over the two legs, providing right. it's the same system as it was last yeah, year. Yeah. They'll get to host the grand final. Brisbane will have to, you know, go there to win it, and, and Adelaide will do enough at home. All right. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Brisbane to to win the the, the premiership, but. Um, I don't know. I've got a feeling that I've just got oh, a feeling. Victory, that victory you're gonna yeah. play a role in this yet, um, and I think I think Victor might end up knocking Adelaide out away. Um, so I think I think Brisbane will make the grand final, and I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tip the Mariners. 
I'm going to tip the Brisbane Mariners final at Suncorp. Right. So you're not um, so I thought you were going to say victory to win it then? No, no, no. I, just, I think victory might have a, a say-so in the finals. But, um, right. Yeah. No, I think, uh, yeah, I think a Brisbane Mariners final for me. Uh, With who? Right. Brisbane winning? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Premier League. Again, closest title race in years. Why is this, Trev? What do we think? Uh, is it the 25-man squad? Is this... Had any bearing on it, or is it just going to them? I mean, the f- first thing I'd say is that Manu and Arsenal in in the most recent years have have just been a lot better. Um, I read a stat on Chelsea's title winning seasons previously. At this point, after seventeen games, they've always had forty points. Yeah. Got thirty one this season, um, and I think that it's not that Mourinho Chelsea. They're nowhere near as good as they were under Mourinho. And Manu are the same. I think they've dropped back a little bit as well. They never. Replace Ronaldo So I think if Chelsea Still had Mourinho They'd be running away with it And I think if Manu Still had Ronaldo They'd be running away with it So I think they've dropped down A little bit You know in standard I think Arsenal have been Roughly about the same And then City and Tottenham Have got better So that's kind of Pushed all five of them Into a sort of pack Um, Yeah and that's why It's been sort of So close to match I think Tottenham's title charge Has been spun a little bit By Redknapp Saying it in the press a lot Not that they're out of it Points wise But um yeah, he's sort of been barking that quite a lot. And I, I mean, Chelsea started the season as if they were going to win every game and win it by five goals. They'll win so, five, I mean, first five games, 20-odd goals. Again, is it coincidence that it, you know, their slump sort of coincided with Ray Wilkins being shown the door, or is it more to do with injuries to Lampard? I mean, Lampard's barely played this season. I mean, that's, he's 15 goals a season for midfield, isn't Terry, he? So. Terry's been injured. Um, yeah, SEN's been in and out as well. I mean, it is... And they let people like Balak go in the summer, who probably would have stepped into that role and, and done it. You know, so, so do we do we think we're underestimating the Wilkins role, or is it more just the, the injuries? I think you know we make this point in the upcoming mag is that, for example, Alex has, has come in at the back, um, and he was their third choice centre back previously, and they haven't you know didn't go out and sort of you know replace who they'd lost. They just upgraded a reserve. So I just think overall the quality of the teams. You know, gone down. Yeah, massive miss from Lampard. Um, also, a bit of a World Cup hangover. It's felt at times. I don't. Yeah. I don't think Terry and Lampard came back in the best shape. Um, Drogba's apparently had malaria. Um, it, you know, they didn't get out of the group stages. And Elka obviously had an awful World Cup with the problems in the French camp and you know storming out on them and stuff. So they've, they've not kicked on from a, a good close season. And um, you know, they've got the experience to. Um, to get there or thereabouts, but it, it is an ageing team. They were saying that as they won last season. I think they lost six games last season when they won the title. Um, and that, I mean, that's quite a lot yeah. for, for a title-winning team to lose six games and still do it. So I don't think, even though they won last year, that they were as good a Chelsea team as we've seen. And Man United uh, still unbeaten, only unbeaten side, which, which you, you sort of don't think that. I mean, I think it's more their away for They've drawn six on the road and only won one, um, which sort of gives the impression that that they've been beaten, but they they still haven't. I mean, is that a concern? Given Man United are traditionally the strongest finishers, they, after Christmas they, they they have this amazing ability to seem to just go on huge unbeaten 
Yeah, or, or winning streaks, which and, is the key thing. And I'm sure that must be orchestrated by Ferguson somehow, because they've done it so many times yeah. in a row that he, he must almost sort of plan this run through to the finals and when you get into the knockout stages of the Champions League. I mean, yeah, it's strange because the, the perception is that they've been relatively poor this season because they've drawn against so many teams they'd normally, um, you know, swat aside. I mean, Villa, you, you had the better of them for, yeah. you know, the majority of that game, that and, and they, they do the classic Man U two late goals. Yeah, I mean, if I was. One of these other sides, I'd be worried that they're two points in front, a game in hand. Um, Rooney hasn't been playing their best player, um, and they haven't started playing well yet. Because if Ars- they do, I mean, Arsenal. So a quick chat about the, the two North London teams. Arsenal, you know, still in second, mm-hmm. uh, only two points off it. Although they've, they've played a game more. Um, went to Old Trafford, didn't really threaten. You know, beaten by one nil. Um, I mean, you know, Arsenal fans must tear the hair out with Wenger mm. you know, the problems that they've had central defence goalkeeper you know even we can point that out and we know nothing about football trip yeah it's it's strange how he you know he hasn't opted to replace that I mean Shamak's come in and, and done okay up front which is what they needed they needed a striker but they needed a goalkeeper and a centre back as well um, I mean, Vermaelen is probably their, their first choice centre back he's hardly played through injury exactly um, I mean, do we see do we see Wenger almost I mean the thing with Wenger is I almost think that he's, he's such like a proud guy that he mm. almost, if the press and everyone is telling him that he needs a keeper, he almost sort of goes, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> like a child, no, I don't. Yeah, yeah but look at, look at those goals. Look at that guy flapping every yeah. week. No, I don't. So yeah, exactly. Is he going to go back on it in January and go and get someone like Mark Schwartz and what? say, I need a big lad, experienced guy, because we're still in the Champions League, and we're still in the hunt for the Premier League. I just need to, you know, swallow my pride and go and get someone. I think he certainly tried to get Schwarzer, didn't he? I think he's accepted yeah, that. He... You know, to all intents and purposes, there were five hundred grand to a million pound difference in the valuation. And if they'd have found that, Fulham would have sold. Hmm. You know, I just think what that is going to cost them is just ridiculous. Yeah. One thing I say about Arsenal, I mean, well, a couple of things. I think it's probably Fabregas last season, a bit like when we saw. Um, Madrid caught in Ronaldo he stayed for that extra year but he was yeah. always going to go I think the same will happen with Fabregas but last season going into perhaps the last 8-9 games of the year Arsenal were sort of tucked in behind um, Man U and Chelsea and had by far the easiest run in they had an absolute walk of a run in doesn't make any sense does it but um, they uh, <laughs> and, and they blew it it was a slow run in yeah exactly and they choked they choked against a, a series of easy teams and they should have won the title last season and I think they'll do the same this season uh, Tottenham, I mean, you touched on Tottenham. I mean, outside, outsider, sure, but a good outsider in fifth? Yeah, I mean, they're one of those teams, because of the style they play, the, the attacking style, they've got the ability to beat anyone, but they've got the ability to lose to anyone. They've lost to Wigan and West Ham this season, um, which suggests that you know they're not the kind of results that you'd expect. Not many teams done that. That's exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, West Ham have only beaten Wigan and Tottenham all season. Um, they're the type of results that you just you know don't expect a title-winning team to get. So I think they're they're probably just off the pace, and they would take a top-four finish. Forget all the title talk. They would love to yeah, to no, get another probably. season in the Champions League. Well, you know, I do think t- if Tottenham can stay within touching distance up front, they have got probably, f- yeah, arguably even looking at Man United, Arsenal, like the the best attacking options. Hmm. You know, they've got Crouch, Pavlichenko, Van der Vaart, Jermaine Defoe. 
that's that's four very strong attacking options mm. I, got there. I had a great um, we've got a lot, lot of Tottenham fans Robbie Keane yeah he's there he can't get a look can he there in, at the end of January um, we've got a lot of Tottenham fans in the office haven't we and, and, and for people that hang, hang around with them they are the most delusional bunch you'll ever speak to and I was speaking to, to one of them um, in the office the other day and they were moaning about their attacking options and they're like if we could just get you know what someone else someone like a, I don't know a David Villa and it's like well of course the best striker in the world would be would be useful but that's not going to happen is it but that's what they like they live they live in a dream world so no that, that, that's where most of the talks come from but I, I think they'll they'll finish fifth and that, that's a concern because you have to feel at some point in the next few years Liverpool are going to get their act together and be back up there um, and what about Man City? Now, we haven't talked about them yet. They're still well in the hunt. 32 points, 17 games, two points behind Man United. Tevez, obviously, throwing his spanner in the works this week. He's um, a loose cannon, that man, isn't he? <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the, the personnel they've got, though, you know, you look at the players that are just playing a bit part, you know, people like Adam Johnson, James Milner, that, you know, are getting cameo appearances from the bench. Um, Are you enjoying seeing Milner? I am actually. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he comes back. I really do. I'd love him to come back. Look, I made a mistake. I'm not getting a game. Yeah. Yeah. And when he does get a game, he seems to now be. He seems to now have been reverted in Mancini's eyes again to a wide player, whereas he was so much more effective for Villa when he played in the hole, mm. um, you know, behind the sort of forward. But he's never going to play that role for Man City because there were. Thirty million players that do that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I saw them most recently against West Ham last weekend, and they swatted us aside, like you might expect them to. Um, Great ball from David Silva. Yeah. Oh, he's been he's been phenomenal. Uh, he's really you know he, I, he he didn't start very well, did he? I think, I think mm. he seemed to struggle to get to grips with the pace and which, the sort of physicality, which you'd expect. But now I think he seems to. Mm. I think he, he, he sort of worked out that you can sort of steer clear of that if you just sort of, you know, like be a little bit more patient. Someone like Luka Modric has sort of learned that as well. That yeah. You can find space in premiership midfields and, and time to pick the ball and yeah. no better example of that. So, the, all right, I just, Sorry, just to finish yeah. on the, the, the Tevez thing. That's massive where that goes. Because before the transfer request stuff, I would have said they over-rely on him. You know, he's the captain. He scores the vast majority of their goals. They need him to stay fit. So if he's either leaves or he stays and he's not happy, I don't think they've got a chance and they might even slip out of the top four. Okay. Uh, all right. Who's going to win it? I think Manu will. Really? I do think Manu will, yeah. I, 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 I think City are a really good chance for second if they can keep Tevez happy. Um, I think Tottenham will miss out on, on the top four. Chelsea third and Arsenal fourth. I said Man City at the start and everyone laughed at me in the 4-4-2 You shouldn't really have though because since the players they'd bought. I'm going to say Man City and I'm going to say that Tevez is going to stay in January he's going to deliver them the title and leave in the summer. The latest I read this morning that Mancini's quite confident of just saying just stay with us for a few months yeah. you're a chance of being a captain of a premiership winning yeah, team. I think you will. Um, but you know looking at these um, stats for the goals they've scored um, you know they've been tight at the back but they've only scored eight at home. Home in in what Hamlet, you know, four, eight games, eight. goal a game at home. I mean, that's nowhere near. Adebayo, how well did he start there? And now he's completely dropped off. So, but look, in January they might go and sign, you know, one of the best strikers going. Yeah. 
All right, that's it for part three. We'll be back in part four to preview the A-League action for this weekend, which is round 19. The January edition of 442 is now available. Here's Andy and Trev with a look at what's inside. Trev, we have the complete guide to the Asian Cup. Every team profile, everything you need to know about Australia's quest for glory. Real chance of winning silverware. Expert predictions, that's not us, is it? Expert? (laughs) No, no, I've got some some great freelancers. Fantastic. Pele. At 70, the world's best player. Couldn't get any more in depth. Two hours we had with him. No, he talks us through every moment of these incredible careers. So even if you are a Pelé nut, there's everything in here for you. If you've often wanted to know more about him, you know you know he's the greatest player ever, but you don't know every detail of his career, then get it as well. If that's not enough, Craig Moore answers all of your questions that we put to him. We've got the new performance section, guaranteed to make you a better player. A trip around the world in Planet Football. Profile of the world's worst football team. And it's on sale now, all good news agents, or, as of now, on sale on iTunes for the iPad. So the new issue of 442, if it's in the game, we've got it covered. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome back to the final segment of 442 Insider for 2010. Emotional. There we go. Um, week 19, round 19 of the A-League kicks off Friday night. Adelaide hosts Melbourne Hearts at Highmarsh. Um, Adelaide obviously need a win. Strong favourites, uh, sporting bet. Have Adelaide a dollar fifty-seven. Trev Melbourne Heart three dollars sixty. Draw six bucks. Hmm. That is the biggest odd for a draw I've ever seen. But anyway, that's that strange. Might be worth a look. It might be a typo, but there we go. Uh, get in there now quickly. Yeah, yeah. You'd expect Adelaide to win that one at home. They've been going well there. Heart really need to get something out of it to save their season. Yeah, they've sort of flattered to deceive a little bit. You, you sort of feel like they've done better than they are. Yeah. You know, as in the, you remember a few sort of decent wins and they went on a little bit of a mini run, but but realistically they'll be disappointed with where they are. Well, I mean, I th- some people were tipping them to, to take it out. Not that our tips should ever be considered for anything because they're normally wildly wrong when we do them at the beginning of the season. But yeah, the, they'll be disappointed not to make the six if that happens. Right, three games on Saturday. Bumper, back-to-back football, love it. Uh, Newcastle Jets on a good run. Um, this will test that good run to the maximum. Uh, heading over to Wellington Phoenix, always a difficult trip. Uh, minus Lubo, who obviously will be suspended after last night's red card. Um, can they go there and win? Can they keep the run going? Like, yeah, they could do. They're not out of it. I would suspect it's more likely to be a draw. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, Sporting Bet have got the draw three dollars thirty, Wellington two dollars twenty five, and Newcastle three bucks. That's about it's pretty even. Um, yeah, no result there out of three different options would surprise you that much. But yeah, I think they'll cancel each other out. Wellington again, you know, are in danger of sort of disappointing a little bit after their finals appearance last year. Um, and the World Cup and everything. We saw a massive spike in their crowds towards the end of the season. It'd be good if they can. Uh, can get a win and sort of get back into that sort of finals run. I mean, they're, they're not going to get in the top four, but you know, they, they, they think themselves an outside chance of, of a sixth place, fifth place. Yeah, they'll, they'll be pretty disappointed not to make the finals this year after doing it last year, and, and you know, they went away to Sydney with, with a chance of making the grand final. Remember, so yeah. it's, to not make it all this time round would be a, a bit of a blow. Okay, victory, play host to Perth. Um, you'd probably say this is the, the home banker of the round. Um, victory $1.55 on Sporting Bet and Perth $6.50 so the bookies certainly see it the way the way that I do and the draw $3.60 Trev 
Can you see anything other than a home win? No, the, I think victory will sort of attack on quite aggressively here with Cruz and Thompson and Hernandez, and uh, yeah, I, I think they'll blow them out of the water 3 0, so something okay. in that manner. Uh, North Queensland play host to Brisbane. You'd call it a Queensland derby if there wasn't a fair few hours between <laughs> them. Um, it's probably it's probably like equivalent to the longest trip in the Premier League, but yeah. we, we call it a derby. Um, North Queensland five bucks to win at home. Uh, Brisbane a dollar seventy draw three dollars fifty. Short odds for an away win, but justified. Yeah, probably. Um, you'd expect Brisbane to to go there and and tie it up. Fury been very disappointed at home this season, despite their win last night. Overall, they've they've been poor. They just managed to beat a even poorer Sydney side. Um, yeah, Br- Brisbane will go there and. They might actually smash them. <laughs> I think yeah. they're a real danger of, you know, steamrolling them there. Certainly, you know, you look at the way Brisbane play, unlike, let's say, the way Sydney played last night, and Brisbane just have that ability to move the ball around the park quickly, keep possession, which pulls those, we say, weaker sides that, that set themselves up to be, you know, tough to beat. They have got the ability to stretch the game, stretch the play, and in that pull heat, them out, and then and then hit them with the. the you know, the sort of combinations around yeah. the box. I mean, it's 28 degrees last night, so if you, Brisbane turn up there in a similar heat and play that kind of passing game, they're going to be shot to bits, aren't they? For yeah. You? Uh, the big game on the Gold Coast uh, rounds, kicks off on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, four o'clock kickoff, Gold Coast versus Central Coast. I've, got my, Coast. I've got my whole row of seats that I'm going to be sitting on. Yeah. <laughs> the 50 tickets I've got for it. Um, yeah, obviously the, the, the crowd will be interesting to see... Um, you know who gets there. Yeah, this is you know really important for who's going to not only stay in the top four but who might be sort of third or fourth. Um, and I reckon the Gold Coast might just have enough. Well, that's that's the way Sporting Bet see it. Two dollars ten Gold Coast, three dollars thirty Central Coast, and the draw I think is three dollars thirty as well. Um, I'm going to tip Central Coast here. I think they're going to go. I like that. $3.30. I don't mind that. It's a massive four days for the Mariners because, uh, as we talked about uh, on Wednesday, they then play host to North Queensland, which would be a game that, that is you know, eminently winnable for them. So they, you know, they're going to go there thinking, right, OK, this is a six-pointer for us. Um, if we can win this and win on Wednesday pre-Christmas, that's six points in the bag. That's a real sort of step forward for us. Mm. Um, I mean, how do you see the game going, the Gold Coast game? I think the Central Coast will be going there knowing they've got, you know, games in hand and knowing that a point will be a good result. So I think they'll make them, you know, they'll pack the midfield, they'll make themselves tough to beat. So the Gold Coast might have a certain amount of uh, sort of breaking down to do. I mean, is Kalina going to be back in action? Not heard. Um, no. that could, I mean, he's pretty critical. For that could be the, the difference, Coast, couldn't it? pulling the strings of midfield. Um, you'd say that they would be home bankers against North Queensland, though, the Mariners on Wednesday? Yes, yeah, yeah. I can't see the the fury going there, and you know, and it's a tough place to go. As well, decent crowds because the Mariners always seem to pull really good crowds around the holiday period. They have that traditional now sort of New Year's Eve fixture, which yep. which is always a good crowd for them. The other game on Wednesday night is Perth Glory uh, playing host to Adelaide United. Now this will be a, another good test for Adelaide. Can they go to the more difficult places in the league and win? Because if they're gonna make up the gap on. Uh, on Brisbane, then they're going to have to do that. Do you think that they're going to have that ability? But I mean, Perth looked better against the Mariners, you know, this weekend at home. Um, despite how poorly they've been going, a lot of teams still don't fancy the trek over. Um, I think Adelaide might have to settle for a draw in that one. Okay. 
Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna tip Adelaide to win. I think they're gonna go there and win, so I'll tip the Mariners and, and Adelaide. Uh, got a little shout out. <laughs> Love a shout out. Half joking. We said that if anyone did want to get in touch, we'd give them a shout, a name check on the podcast. Uh, and so Chapo, who I uh, Chapo. Used to play are you with making Dan, these up? Used to play with Dan at George's River. Rang and left a message on my uh, mobile saying that. Yeah, just ringing about the shout out on a podcast. Can you give us one? Exactly. So there you go, mate. And next year it is the ultimate cheap birthday present. Email us there about someone's birthday. We'll give them board. a shout out, and they'll the think it's great. Board. And uh, one other thing, just to uh, make people aware of, is that the Green and Gold Army um, were working with the Red Cross during the World Cup. I was over in South Africa with the Green and Gold Army, and they raised over ten grand uh, for the Red Cross, which goes uh, to use in the HIV and AIDS programs. Uh, over in South Africa so uh, they're bringing that to a close um, so it's your last chance to donate I mean anything five bucks and upwards would go a very very long way um, so head to ggarmy.com uh, I think that's closing just this side of Christmas so last chance to uh, contribute to that and uh, raise that $10,000 a bit more great work guys Trev Mag yes it goes to the printers today in the next few hours hopefully it's out on sale in early January what's in it um, so, you know, as we're discussing in Section 3, it's um, it's our race for the title, race for the Premier League title. So we've got, um, you know, a feature on the story so far and where the title might go, plus a stack of interviews, um, Tevez, before he decided to hand <laughs> in a transfer request, um, Lampard, um, Bale, Nani, all interviewed, and we've, we've got a feature on... Uh, Fabregas, how he makes Arsenal tick, which is quite interesting. And your little swap trip over to Madrid. Yeah, Ronaldo with Castro. Training with Ronaldo, and then we've got um, an A League Aussie Hotshots feature with interviews with um, Lecky and Cruz, Brosk, Williams, and Gite. So loads in there. Excellent. And as with this month's issue, which has got the uh, Asian Cup preview and Pele, it will be available on the iPad. So if you get an iPad for Christmas, the first thing you need to do is to type 442 into iTunes and download the uh, iPad edition. Well, the thing is, d- download both because the Asian Cup guide is still going to be valid because exactly. the Asian Cup's about to kick started. off. Exactly. And then, you know, the race for the title, obviously get that too. All right, shameless plug over. That's all for this year. Have a fantastic Christmas and New Year. Enjoy your football and we'll be back in 2011. See you then. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.